What a piece of junk. This is the Shattered Order Podcast. Go switch off. If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting, you've found the podcast you're looking for. With your hosts, Goodnight Punk. We would be honored if you would join us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 132nd episode of the Shattered Order Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Wink. What's going on, Wink? Oh... Mm, not a whole lot. Uh, just kind of hanging out, ready to talk some swaga, and there's a lot to talk about this week. Kind of going to be a little bit of a different episode, I think. You know, um, due to some junky things that were added to the game this week. So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty so- excited about uh, <laughs> that update. Had a lot of stuff that made stuff in the game more exciting for me so i'm excited to yes that's a lot of excited as i said a lot of unexpected i'm happy stuff. to be talking about it so heck yeah me too uh so first and foremost though since we do cover a star wars game there was a open world Star Wars game that EA was working on that got canned this week that was kind of disappointing Super bummer, man. Like, I remember when this... I don't know if it had a name back in the day when it, it started out as being developed by Visceral, EA's Visceral Studio, and then the, it got taken away from them. I think I remember it being called Cancelled at that point, but then they moved it over to EA Motive, and uh, they've been working on it for a while, and this week they announced that it is cancelled altogether, so... Wow. I know I know that I was super stoked about a open world Star Wars game, but it turns out we will not be getting that. So Yeah. I guess we all have to hope and hope that EA's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game, which comes out in December this year, Ooh. is gonna be awesome because that's the only one on the horizon right now and I for one am excited for it. Is so. that a is that gonna be a console game or what? Yeah, it's a, uh, I think it's a console and PC game, I believe. Or maybe it's just a PC game. I don't really... I had the link up, but... Uh, that might look, be something... I really haven't looked into it too much. That might be something I have to kind of dig into and check out a little bit, because that sounds pretty cool. I remember the, uh, the announcement for it, um, but... I don't remember if they'd put out any new information that I hadn't heard yet. So yeah. we'll see. We got a, a, we got about 12 months and then it'll be coming out. So I'm sure I'll know everything by then. But I am glad they at least have one coming out. But I was pretty bummed that that other one got canceled. Yeah, no so kidding. We'll see. 
More Star Wars is always good. Always. Indeed. Uh, so, you ready to jump into this first topic? I totally am, so let's do it. Hey guys, what did you do in Swoga this week? Oh, the intensity, the stress, the drama, the just, just closeness, so close. Territory War, man, we, uh, we lost, but we came so freaking close. Uh, so I I should have been more prepared and grabbed the guild name prior, but let me, uh, let let me go in and give a shout out to these guys because, uh, we got defeated in the last minutes of this Territory War. Uh, they cleared our defense, um, our Territory War General did a piss poor job, and um, we don't name names. We're not we? gonna. We're not gonna name names. No. <laughs> and they. It's funny because this is like in like basketball or football where the score doesn't accurately reflect how close it was because they yeah. ended up clearing us. You know, getting through the last few ships and the last of our territories in the last fifteen minutes, I think. So it's like a thousand, thousand or so off. But man, it was, I think it was twenty minutes left. We were up by a hundred, and then suddenly we were down. It was crazy. Yep, it was down to the uh, wire on that. It was nuts. We were definitely pushing them to force into it and try to get cl- uh, finish that clear. And you know, we were doing the same thing. Um, all we had left were ships. I think if we were up against the clock. If we would have had more time, I think we would have cleared it. But we just opened ships too late, honestly. And that was kind of the thing that cost us. ULF Reloaded was the guild. So shout out to those guys. Well done. Um, we were pretty impressed Super with the efficient, efficiency. Man, it was crazy. Some of the efficiency <laughs> that they cleared some of our teams with was a little concerning, to say the least. However... I've been putting all this work and all these mods on my first order, and damn it, they did not disappoint me. I was so happy about the way my first order team held up. They held up through five battles, but I saw after the first battle, all that was left was crew, Kylo, and first order executioner. And they apparently did some serious work because those three, you know, it took four battles to take them out. And uh, I was pretty happy. You want to talk about a four-man crew? That was a wrecking ball. Elon's uh, <laughs> RJT team. It was Who so was on that? It was RJT, RJT R2-D2, 3PO, T3. and BB-8. It was BB-8, yeah. nasty, man. Like 12 I think or like, 13. They took out RJT and 12 defenses still with the four droids in there. It was yeah. crazy. It was insane. That that worked out really well. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. It was a little bit different not having some of those characters that some of these teams really... Uh, that some of these teams really revolve around. So, you know, not having zombie... Really hurt Night Sisters. Um, probably should not have put them on defense. Uh, the two teams that yeah, without the without the zombie in there, that was just didn't end up well. 
Um, the, uh, oh, the way they did their, like, scion, basically every one of their scions were on defense. In one wall, it was an entire, it was a mall wall, and then they had another territory that was, uh, Emperor Palpatine, and those all had, had them on there, and it was, it was pretty nasty. Um, I was pretty impressed. So, that was, uh, really, really well done. Um, so, kind of related to this, I, I'm going to, uh, do, I'm going to answer Mubaka's question, and, uh, with this. If I was a Swaggo character, how would you mod me? So, uh, Mubaka asks, (laughs) <laughs> about how I modded crew and my Kylo. So uh, I'm going to go in and I will tell you exactly what mods I have on them. So my crew, the only piece he is missing is the 6500 health gear 12 piece. And I have... Alright, so I have two health set bonuses on him and one tenacity set bonus. The plus on my crew is a slice 35% tenacity. He also has a 35% crit avoidance arrow. And then he has a health triangle and a health circle that are sliced to six dot. So with all that, he's got the 35% crit avoidance. He's got 95% tenacity. And he has got 48,000 health. And that works really well because... Of the fact that the way you really kill crew is with, um, you know, heal immunity. So the high tenacity will help prevent that. And also having that much health attacking him, you know, he can start regening health pretty quickly. And uh, I, f- I thought it worked really well. I was really impressed. Um, I think I've talked about crew a little bit to some degree. Um, I think that crit avoidance on him is really good just because, you know, it makes it really difficult to bleed his health down. My uh, my Kylo Ren, he does have a Zeta, so the Zeta on Outrage allows him to recover protection. And that's kind of important to the way I mod him. Uh, oh, he has three protection primaries. He has a 24% crit avoidance arrow, one health set bonus, and an offense set bonus. Uh, Let's see. Speed-wise, my Kylo Ren is 161 speed, so he is super slow. Uh, Debuffs give him speed. Uh, He is is super, super effective like this, because... With the crit avoidance arrow, he's, you know, it's hard to take out too much health. He has the recovering protection, and of course, stacking debuffs on him just doesn't do a whole lot of good, as you probably know if you've ever fought him. So, uh, my Kylo Ren is at 63,000 protection with 27,000 health, which is, what, 90,000? Just north of 90,000 total. Uh, he has about my uh, total on... Kylo Ren. 
So he's at 48,000 health and 40,000 protection. So he's at 88 total. And then my first order executioner, I have him at 186% critical damage, 66% critical chance. Um, I have two, two crit chance sets on him, one health set, and then he has two sliced, um, two sliced health primaries. The plus and the circle are health primaries, which is basically like giving him offense because of his unique ability. Uh, so that works really well. And yeah, I think that's a great way to mod those three, just the way that, you know, they recover and, um, you know, Kylo, the Kylos don't really need speed, you know, just make them hell, hell to kill. And I, I think they hold up pretty well. I'll be curious to see how they do in our next territory war, but they did pretty well in this one. And that was without, you know, first order officer, which is pretty key to that team. Oh, um, so now that I'm off my detour, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that territory war freaking intense. H how did your defensive teams do? Well, I was going back to look. I know for a fact that the freaking eat my golden Ewoks, which were in the last section, somehow it only took one team to take out, so I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, mine did too. They were pretty efficient with those. That was disappointing. Yeah, they went. They rolled through the Ewoks pretty, pretty handedly. They did. But uh, I think I was trying to see what my first order did. I was kind of surprised that the at my first order because I, my Kylo Ren is still gear eight. I think. And uh, I think I had three or four uh, defenses. Why can I not find this? All right, there it is. Not too bad. Found it now. Let's see here. First order. Yeah, so I'm running with... I was running with double Zeta crew, gear 10 Phasma, gear 11 first order TIE fighter pilot, Gear 11 Fox and a Gear 8 Kylo. And I got three three defenses out of it. So Not that can show you right there how good the Zeta crew it can be. Yep. And that second Zeta, I originally, I had his leader Zeta. I was excited to see how this team did because I said last week on the podcast that I finally Zeta'd his leadership. I mm -hmm. always had his unique Zeta for the pre-taunt yep. on there. But adding the pre-taunt, with the uh, leader Zeta, really must do a lot for that team. It does, especially for me when I have those low geared, uh, low geared first order. So he didn't have a chance to take out Kylo before he took a turn. So yeah, wound up being pretty good. But other than that, I don't think I did too hot with any of the other teams. My best Lashawn team, I think they took that out in one go. Just about everyone's Basil Sean team they took out in one go. They they really were super efficient. Um, it was pretty impressive. Well, I mean, like my bounty hunter team, I was kind of surprised that one got taken out with one. Like uh, there were some teams that it's just it was surprising. 
So but, I don't think my defense did that great, but I think that's more of a testament to who we went up against because they were very yeah. – uh, they knew what they were doing. They were good. Yeah, they were so. really good. My uh, my Rebels and Bounty Hunters held up pretty well, I think. One of them had five and one had seven defenses, I think. Um, but, I mean, those three teams basically have all of my best mods besides my, you know, Revan team. So, they were um, – you know that was that was pretty much all I had. So, yep, yeah. My I was hoping to see my rebel team, see if I could get something decent defense wise out of, but it just must have been too easy because I put in. I don't know what you did for your rebel team. Mine was CLS, Chewbacca, Princess Leia, and then Baze and Chirrut. Okay, but they rolled through it. <laughs> One team. I went with like many others. I went with CLS, Chewy, R2D2, Old Ben, and Scarf Rebel Pathfinder. Gotcha. So that makes more sense. Or I mean not more sense, but makes sense that you got defenses there. I don't have Scarf Rebel Pathfinder. He's hard to kill. Geared. That dude is tame. Yeah, that dude's a jerk. Especially with Bert, especially with the uh, Churton Bays with all the the first time you hit him, just get a, a buff on him. Yep. If you crit him, yep. then oh, it comes yeah. right back. So It's very nice. I don't know. But, yeah. That's all right. Indeed. It was fun. I mean, yep. even though we it lost, was. going down to the wire like that was super fun. Oh, I know. Uh, disappointing, though. I am still stuck on that freaking challenge. I still need one more Territory War win. I know I've been talking about this for over a month now, but I'm ready to get that Jedi Knight quest freaking done hopefully this next territory war does it uh you know that's all i could think while we were so close was how much you must extra you were sweating because of that you may have noticed like i was uh i was trying to rally the troops all throughout this territory war i was uh i i think had i done a different strategy on the defense and just the path that we took on offense, I think we would have been fine. Should have opened up ships a little bit earlier, but not too bad. Well, good news is, well, that's not, I don't know if this is good news. As far as I'm concerned, hopefully we don't see this again. So maybe we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and as we'll talk about later, uh, the next one's going to be a little bit different. I think I'm going to like the way they're doing the next one much better. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so B2 Spirit, and there was something else that I finished, 7 Star. I've been farming my ships like crazy for obvious reasons, because of the Falcon, which I got at 6 Star. And I will have it at 7 Star probably Sunday or Monday, which I can't wait for. I completely finished Chewbacca. I put the last Gear 12 Plus piece on him. And I sliced up uh, another mod or two more mods on him, so he has all six dot mods. Han only lacks one mod, one mod from being six dot, and then uh, I'll soon I'll have the Falcon basically as jacked as it can be. And I also changed my arena team. So I've been running uh, Revan, Grandmaster Yoda, Jolie, and General Kenobi with either. Hermit Yoda or Bastila Sean, and I dropped the Hermit Yoda Bastila Sean for C3PO. I tested that, and I held pretty well on defense. I held about 10 spots better than I had been holding. Could have been totally random, I don't know. Um, 
but it's just not that great against Revan. But I dropped C-3PO and put in Chewbacca today on offense, and oh, oh, that's fun. Because obviously her Grandmaster Yoda gets guarded, and yeah, it's it, <laughs> it makes offense so nice just because of how often he goes. Um, if I keep doing this, what I will probably consider doing is you know, her or Grandmaster Yoda goes so often with Chewbacca getting called in. Chewbacca just needs to stay around. So I'm thinking about putting a crit avoidance arrow on him because that's the one thing that will hurt him are critical hits taking him out. And if he can hang out a little bit longer, I think it could really change the way that team works. So uh, I may be experimenting with that this week. Have you tried? What's your offense like on Chewbacca? Uh, His offense is... Because I'm curious, if like, if you did the same type of thing that you do with Grandmaster Yoda on him, be, on a team with Grandmaster Yoda, how much better that would be considering if Chewbacca's going every time Yoda is, you might not worry That's too a, much about about him taking a turn. Yep. So if you could load him up with offense too, so they're both just... You already got Yoda blasting huge damage. If you got Chewbacca doing it too with him... That could be pretty devastating. So his his damage is 4390, which is pretty good, but not great. You could definitely do more. But part of the reason why I don't have more on him is due to the fact that he has a tenacity set and a slice tenacity plus on him just because it is so important to make sure that he doesn't get dazed or stunned or something. So that helps mitigate that issue. That way he can still always get called in whenever Grandmaster Yoda goes. You know, that's that's quite a bit more important than the offense because no matter what, you're getting that 20% health damage that he does. And that is great for right. taking out, you know, a Jolie or some other high health character. So, yeah. Makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah, mine's all tenacity too. So... Uh, let's see. Chicken Bomb asks what his tenacity is. His tenacity is at 93%. On my I, alt account, which I'm looking at right now, my uh, Chewbacca's tenacity is 99.57. So That's really good. He doesn't good. get uh, dazed or, or ability. Well, he doesn't get ability blocked because he has the Zeta. Yeah. But he doesn't get stunned or... Yeah, he doesn't get stunned or dazed that often. So, so. Uh, th- that is really not a bad way to go. I have a crit damage set on mine and a crit damage triangle. I got a mod this week that was protection primary, tenacity set, and it started out gold. It had five speed on it, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to level this up. It's going to be amazing, and it turned out to be amazing, but the speed never propped. Um it was tenacity every time, and it has like 8.5% tenacity as a secondary stat. So, if I really wanted to work on keeping Chewbacca around, I could put that triangle on him, load him up with maximum tenacity, put that crit avoidance arrow on him. So, th- that would give him more protection. Uh, I think that might be a really good way to just keep him around, make him difficult to kill, and... You know, just because of the way he does that 20% health whenever he's called in, 
you know, he might not need to do a lot of damage to be super effective in that team. So. Yep. I'm going to have to true, test true. it. Yeah. All right. So uh, what else did you do? Anything else? Uh, about the only thing to mention this week for me was uh, I got Bosk to seven stars. So I finished his hard node. And you always, you know how good of a feeling it is to uh, finish, finish a hard, hard node. So, oh, yeah. It's the best. Yes. It's a hard node life, the man. The good news is. The good news is they added another. We'll get to this, but they added another one Ooh. this week. So you know, one slides off, another comes on. Heck yeah, definitely a hard node life. But the yeah, I finished Bosk and I got him to gear twelve. Added all the gear twelve pieces, so now he's pretty beefy. I also uh, zated his leader ability now that I got him geared up and ready to go. Heck yeah! So now. That's why I was hoping for more out of him on Territory War Defense because I finally started using him. But yeah. I'll have to uh, I'll have to work on that. Maybe I don't have him modded right because I didn't really do a whole lot of modding this week on him. More of the gearing and the uh, gearing and the Zetas and all that other fun stuff. But the other thing to that is I also got Houndstooth to six stars. So I hundred more shards or blueprints, and I'll fin- be finished with Houndstooth. So very nice. Yes, I, I I want to move on to the bounty hunter ships. I really do, but I I'm the type of guy. I I in my imbo is f- about fifty out of a hundred, and I can see wow. like the ending in sight. Yep. So like I don't want to move off of imbo. He's a good character, and of course, of course, Django is the houndstooth. So Django and the houndstooth are still going strong. Yep. But uh, yeah. Once I finish Imbo, I'm going to move to one of the, uh, probably the cheaper of the Bounty Hunter ships and then go from there. So, so um, we shall see. You mentioned Bounty Hunters and mods and stuff on them. Uh, this is something that uh, I was kind of overviewing a little bit. And I, I've been trying to figure out what team I want to work on next because I don't really know. I mean, I could do like the Kira team or... The Jin team, those are kind of the top two candidates at this point, but I was kind of looking at my bounty hunters, and I noticed I still haven't even put Omegas on Zam's payout. And what her payout does is, I believe every time a thermal detonator explodes, she gains 2% max protection stacking. And as you know, with the boss lead, they recover health and protection, which could make that obviously useful. But not only that, the bounty hunters with the boss lead, they have plus 50% protection. So loading them up with protection, I mean, that's the good thing about boss is you can make him ridiculously tanky, lots of protection. And because you get that 50% protection bonus, um, you definitely do not want to put health primaries on him. You want protection all the way and, you know, just kind of, load him up, make him annoying to deal with. But I think that Zam might be my next project just because she's not too far off. And I kind of think that she would add a lot to that bounty hunter team, especially if I go ahead and throw that Omega on there and take her up another gear level, which won't be too costly for me, actually. So I'm thinking that, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think I'm I'm thinking I want to go, I'm going to start gearing up the Karth Onassi dot team. Um, 
now that they're they're going to be becoming farmable soon, uh, uh-huh. that is definitely some a team that I really want. And uh, if I can have them all geared and ready to go once I'm moving them up to seven stars, and even the best thing about territory wars is you don't need them seven star to use them. So maybe I'll uh, see about throwing them in one of the back parts of our territory war and see how they fare if people get to them. If I have them geared up and four star and ready to go. So I'm thinking that that's the next thing I'm going to do is work on that Carthonassi team. I think I've given up on ship crew. Uh, I, I just, I tried to get into it. I'm not into it. So I think I'm going to keep working on characters. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm going to start doing now is that, that Carthonassi dot team is really interesting to me. Not to mention uh, if something does come up from these farmable old Republic tunes, I want to be ready for that as well. So, well, now that you mention it, but why we'll don't see. we? Because just... like, why don't we go into that next thing we got there? Yeah. Strong with us. This update is young Padawans. So we knew the Falcon was coming. We didn't know all this other stuff was coming. This was quite the surprise. There are several things that I just love here i'm so excited about there are yeah there's a pretty good this like like i said at the beginning there was a lot to be excited 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 about however many times i said excited but there's there was stuff packed into this update that i didn't expect because a lot of times when they add they've added legendaries like chewbacca and c3po it was just here's the legendary here's the packs that go with the legendary and here's some uh, bug fixes and that was that's the whole update well this one had some meat and potatoes in it and uh that made it all the more fun this week so first things first right up there at the top we know that the, the hans millennium falcon ca- is coming so we'll talk about that a little bit later um but the shard store got a re- a revamp and uh, now you have Gear 12 Salvage Heck and yeah. Mark II Pulse Modulators in the Shard Store. Indeed. And it's not just one little uh, it's not just one little node and for Gear 12 and one little node for the Pulse Modulators. They added a lot. Uh, what four four new spots for gear in the Shard Store? So one's the Pulse Modulator, and then you got three of the Gear 12 Salvage uh, slots. So there's Yep. Odds are, if you need Gear 12 stuff for one of your characters, there's a good chance you're going to be able to find it at least during one of the four refreshes in the day. So this is sweet to me. Yeah, I totally agree. Because a lot of this stuff was in just in the the Guild Event store, but now you got it in the Shard store. So. Yep. I am totally digging it. Uh, I I was kind of looking at this and I was like, huh. You know, these are interesting, you know, prices, prices we haven't seen in the shard store. So it gave me an idea. I, in the near future, I don't know how near because I don't have a whole lot of free time at the moment. But when I do get some free time, I am going to have to update the gear guide and, you know, throw this stuff onto the gear guide. See what the gear guide says about the price of all this stuff and how it correlates, Um, which... I mean, if you guys don't already know, shatteredorder.com slash gear guide, 
go there and I have a PDF that is super awesome. It compares the price of every piece of gear, basically, across all the stores. So you can see what is good value and how the costs correlate. Because some stuff is like a great value in the shard shop, but it's a terrible value in the shipments or vice versa or whatever. So that's a really good way to do that. So I'm going to have to add this stuff in there. That way you can see how that price compares to the other places you can get it. Um, even though, you know, it's stuff that's kind of difficult to get, you know, if you need it, you need it, but it'll be nice just to know how that stuff compares, uh, value wise. And it's kind of funny to me. And now I know the blue pieces are full pieces for the most part, a lot of them. And you're only getting two pieces of salvage for the gear 12 stuff. But it is funny to me that those two pieces are only about 12 more shard shop currency than the blue pieces. Oh yeah. So it's, yeah, because it's one sixty-eight, I believe, and for for the blue pieces yep. and one eighty for your gear twelve stuff. Yep, not too shabby. Indeed, I agree. There would be really interesting to see what the conversion rate for Mark II pulse modulators is compared to the guild store. Like, for example, yes. in the guild store, you buy three for four hundred and fifty. Yep. Oh no, that's it's not even close then. I was gonna see if you bought character shards, getting three would be cheaper, but I think you'd have to buy more than two packs of character shards. I'm not sure. Yeah, they You know what? I can do it right now. Watch this. Well, I think it's uh, how uh, I think it's fifteen currency per shard. So if you even if you do a ship, it's still gonna be seventy. 76 or okay, something so buying two two things of uh characters gets you 150 shard shop currency you need 160 to buy two okay so those you definitely you don't want 400 from there yeah it's not it's not a it's not a good conversion yeah myth busted all right there indeed you go. well done Nice, nice. Hey, you know what? Busting. I'm, I'm glad that I could purchase all those shards I didn't need just now. <laughs> it, it works out in the end for science. That's yeah, all I have to for say. science. That's all that matters. It's the only thing. Uh, yeah. So very cool. Uh, like I said, we'll get that updated, and of course, we'll let you know whenever that happens. Um. Let's see. C-3PO, they altered his uh, special ability that gives translation. It now prefers target allies that do not currently have translation. So that's kind of beneficial in the fact that he will try to spread it to everybody first. That way you're getting as big of a mass assist as possible from that ability. So that obviously makes him a little bit better whenever you're talking about using auto teams and things like that. Kind of surprising that that wasn't the case all along. I wonder what who he was giving it to before. What was the that's, target? That's a good... It may have been like he was trying to stack them up to three just because you get such a big, you know, the cooldown reduction at three. Um, you never know. Or maybe it favored Rebels or who knows. Um, oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Good question. 
Well, why don't you tell everyone about the Flight of the Falcon event, and I'll be right back. Flight of the Falcon. So, starting today, the day of the podcast. So, midnight last night, if you stayed up, you could have done it then. But starting today was Flight of the Falcon, the event for the Han's Millennium Falcon, the original OG OT Millennium Falcon, piloted by Han and Chewbacca. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys watched the trailer videos for this. They put out two of them. They did one during the announcement and then one for the actual event on the EA Star Wars Twitter account. That's where I saw them. I'm pretty sure they're on their YouTube as well, but those are some pretty cool videos. This this event has a lot into it and a lot of uh, extra stuff that makes it cool. Um, if you're 60 plus level... You're able to get in there and with your bounty hunters, five star unlock, six stars, seven stars as as you get stars on your ships. Um, yeah, but they had a lot of cool stuff in the event as well. Um, if you haven't done it, it's not really a spoiler, but there are some ships in there that uh, I've wanted in the game for a while. So hopefully they become playable at some point. For all of those have heard. There was a data mine before the event even went live after the update went out yesterday that the Dev- Vader's Devastator um, Star Destroyer was the event capital ship that they talked about giving you. So that is the ship that is in the game. It actually is part of the event, but it uses all of Executrix's abilities and if you start the event you'll notice that they say this is an event only capital ship it's not going to be playable so pay attention to those little things that pop up and make sure you read them because i know i've still had a few people ask about whether or not that capital ship was going to be playable but they say it right there in the event that it is for the event so there's some pretty cool stuff in there but uh yeah, we'll get we're gonna go over the kit here in a little bit and we'll talk a little bit more about the event and fleets and all that kind of fun stuff. But the event is here. It is pretty fun. And uh you got what? How long we got for this event left? So you got uh, six, a whole week to do it. Six days and three hours left as of now. Yep. At least for me. So we now can move into the Shard Shuffle, which is one of the more exciting things for me. Oh, yeah. Especially, and here's the reason, actually. Not that they were released farmable, but at least two of them where they were released. That's true. Because 100%. Number one, Anakin's ETA-2 Starfighter is now farmable on Fleet Battles Hard Node 1B. I don't know if you heard me. I don't know if you remember me talking about this last week with bounty hunter ships and being annoyed that, you know, ships aren't going to fleet hard nodes. Well, I immediately stopped farming Sith Fighter now because that was the only ship I had left for fleet hard nodes. And right on to Anakin's ETA 2 Starfighter because that is a really good ship and it, it is. is in a really good farmable spot. And I'm super stoked for this one. So. Yes, I said super stoked for a ship. <laughs> but that's that's a really good spot for that. Are you it, farming it now? Oh, absolutely, man. I was buying shards for it there for a while. And I started getting a little low on crystals, so I quit. But uh, I'm all in on that thing. I, it is, it, it's a fantastic ship. 
Uh, you have to have it five star to max the uh, reinforcement ability. So that's kind of my goal. I want to finish getting it to five star. It's at four star now. I'm six out, six or eight out of sixty five. So soon, hopefully, I'm able to upgrade that because I'm using it as a reinforcement with my uh, new arena team or my new fleet arena team, and it is such a good ship. I really do, and it's on a sixteen energy node, which is amazing. Yeah, one B, right there at the beginning. Yep. Which, so very nice. Which is also, kind of odd. It's surprising that they would put a ship that's that good, make it that early to get. So, like, if you're a newer player, um, Anakin, if I recall, is a fairly easy character to get. And with him having this good of a ship, I mean, I think that's a pretty good starting point, you know, in your ship life. Well, let's take a look real quick on where Anakin is. I don't. I think he's uh, near the beginning. He's... All right, so he's on Cantina 7G, and then he's also on Light Side Hard 5C and Dark Side 7D. So he is a character that you can get fairly early, and uh, he's that's he's like one of those middle ground characters. Like, yeah, if you start off doing Phoenix, for example, by the time you Phoenix finish Phoenix, and you're getting around to looking to more characters and starting to finally unlock ships and the ship board, you could be around the same time farming those two. And that's like a pretty good middle ground uh, character and ship to start off with when you start doing your fleet for sure. Yep. So for sure, definitely a good middle ground starter for ships. I agree. Now I also said last week that I started farming Kit Fisto out of cantinas and the only one i had left behind hitting was lando for cantina farms so imagine my excitement when i didn't have to farm kit fisto anymore because <laughs> candrus ordo another character that i really like as a kit by itself because of all the dots he does yep uh yeah he dropped on cantina 5c which is a 12 energy node and yeah awesome man another cantina farm to go after and i am going after it right from the beginning which makes it even better so very nice hopefully i i'm gonna start doing uh start doing the refreshes on him every day try to get finish him off quick that way if uh either juhani or kartho nasi drops in cantina i'll be ready to uh move right on to them so probably a good idea and super so the big question is, so with Candrus and Basilishan Fallen, those are uh, both characters from the Old Republic and, you know, what else is coming with the Old Republic? You know, this is kind of the big question. We suspected that there was something was coming that led into Revan. So, um, I mean, if you don't want to end up behind or you want to make sure that you that you have a chance at the next legendary or journey type character get on Candrus and get on Bastilishan Fallen because they're going to be needed for something at some point and probably sooner than later yeah I only I have some reservations about that only for the reason that there's only four of them they're not um they're not uh all dark side there's some That's light true. side mixed That's in true. there. Uh, it's just, it would be the first 
if it was a journey event, it would be the first one that mixed light side and dark side, correct? Uh, droids probably mix. So. That's legendary. Oh, oh. Uh, Heroic journey is what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Probably. And then on top of that, well, well, to your point about legendaries, legendaries require factions, and these four together do not have the same faction besides Old Republic, which we already have a character f- using those same Old Republic characters. So would they release another Revan for Old Republic that would require all of those characters? I think it would or be... could use all those characters? I think it would be somebody else. Right, but then they, there's no other faction tag that envelops those four older Republic characters. So this is why I'm... These are the reasons I'm kind of hesitant to think that there's anything coming for them. Because, A, if it was a heroic journey, it would require both light and dark side, which has not been done. Can be done. That's totally up to them. Not saying it's not possible, but it hasn't been done yet. And then the other one, if it's legendary, it would require a faction like every other legendary. And those four themselves aren't in a faction split off from other people that everyone already has, especially if they have Revan. So I don't know if something's coming for them, but I already want that dot team with Cartho Nassi and Basilashan Fallen is a really good Sith character. So it's not... Not going to deter me from going hard after them just in case there is something. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, no. Hmm. But we'll see. I don't know. It's a good question. But uh, to finish that off, just all these characters we're talking about, Basilashan also dropped and is on Dark Side Battles 7A hard. So, um, I don't think. Is 7A 20 energy? Can't remember. Yes. It, yeah, 20 energy node. Yeah. So Basil Sean is on a dark side hard node. Indeed. Uh I'm gonna farm her up just because of how good she is with uh you know with the Treya team. So that'll be really good for the Grand Arena because she is kind of that ideal next character. So I like that, but well and I'm with you there because like I said for Grand Arena, I throw Thrawn in with my Treya team, and it would be nice just to pull Thrawn out to use somewhere else yeah. and have Basil Sean there to throw in that spot instead. So yeah, it's even I'm all in on that as well. It's even more so, you know, with a character like him, just because, like you say, it's um, you know Thrawn fits in everywhere, and you know you can make a really crap team fantastic just by putting Thrawn on it and take out a team that you normally wouldn't have been able to. So it's, you know, it kind of sucks when you're in a situation where your best choice is to put him with an already great team. Because Basil Sean Fallen has nowhere else to go. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, there's some packs and bundles. Do you care about these? Nope. And I'm looking through the bugs right now, and it doesn't look like there's anything game-breaking that we need to go over. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, that pretty much covers the update then. I think we should move on. Oh, there is one oh. bug fix that's okay. kind of cool. And it's it's a quest one. And I it's, it's nice that they f- go back and fix these things because 
for those that do quests, it's kind of annoying when you realize these things aren't working, but they added Vandor, Chewbacca, and Zalbar to work and be counted for the Wookiee Hunter quest. So Nice. If you're hunting Wookiees, two people that are actual Wookiees will now actually work for that quest. So if you've been working on it and wondering why that wasn't happening, well, now it'll work. So that's um, good. I don't know what the Wookiee Hunter quest is, though. Do you? I have no idea. What is that on? Mm. I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I'm curious. Let's see. The Wookiee Hunter quest. It's probably a bounty hunter one of the bounty hunter tiers, I assume. Because uh, they would be the only things hunting Wookiees, I would think. Total gas, but... True. That's probably somewhere in there. Makes sense. So, I have a quick question, though. Uh, so, the event calendar, I want to go look and see when the next Grand Arena... Okay. The next Grand Arena is on the 19th. The day we're yep. recording this podcast is the 17th, so that means Saturday will be... The preview for Territory War. Um, currently, I am at 4.106418 GP. I will probably tweet this out or and put it in our Discord on Saturday. So if you're relatively close to me, you want to try to line your GP up with mine, go for it and... Yo, maybe we'll get matched up in the Grand Arena. I got I got some stuff brewing uh, with the one of our alliance mates. So hopefully, maybe Ooh. we can work that out. That'd be Ooh, fun. that would be exciting. You'd have to live. Stream I'm coming it. for you, Craig. I'm coming for you. Ooh, oh, this would be exciting. <laughs> this would be super yeah. exciting. I think right now we're about point. Point oh four million apart. So oh, that's pretty easy to do with mods. That's that's doable. Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna work with him and see if we can't work something out. That'd be fun. Very nice. All right, let's move on to this. Since everyone loves a good poll, let's dance through the results and see what you thought this week. All righty. <laughs> I love that sounder. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that one. I like them all, though. All right, poll. The poll. So. What uh, am I doing here? Okay, come on. Territory War all right, here we go. Aftermath. Territory War Aftermath. We got just finished the community-style Territory War that event that we talked so much about beforehand um so i wanted to talk a little bit about the one that just happened and another one that was announced yesterday so we got six questions on this poll we're going to go over the first three which talk about the community style one talk about our thoughts on the community style one a little bit more if we have any more thoughts and then we're going to go into what the next territory war is and what's going on with it and then we'll talk about the last three questions so starting off with question number one i asked the pollsters what was your overall impression of the community style territory war now that it's complete i gave five options which were i loved it it was okay i'd be up for maybe once every three months once was enough 
better than I thought, but I still didn't enjoy it and hated it. So, it's fun. You know, it's real fun for me with these polls is I will sit and I will watch them. I'll come into my office because I leave it up on my computer, the results, and I'll look at it as the responses roll in. And this one kind of moved around a lot over the course of the day. Because it was at one point at a, probably around 50 responses. So we got 142 responses, probably around 50 responses. The highest number was hated it with about 48% of the poll. Now, That's crazy. going to the end of the poll, that 48% dropped all the way to 29%. So 29% of people said they hated it. Which, you know, a third... Not surprising. I still expected more. I saw more. It ended up not being that way. So kind of crazy. Um, The second highest was... Actually, not the second highest. The highest actually was with... Am I reading things wrong? Yes. So the one... I'm looking between uh, the live stream and what we actually have. On the live stream, it's at 137 responses. We got a few more responses after I took the screenshots that are up on the live stream. But gotcha. at 142 responses, the actual highest changed to once was enough. So not that they hated it, but uh, they did it. It's over. They don't care to do it again. And the uh, 29% was hated it. So still sitting there in second place. Now, third place was it was okay. I'd be up for it maybe once every three months with 26%. Uh, better than I thought, but I still didn't enjoy it was... 12.7% and the last little chunk with five votes, three and a half percent said I loved it. So I am not anything surprising surprised. you there. Nope. I am. Yeah. Uh, what category did you fall in? I fell in the biggest category. Once was enough. Like it was yeah. cool, but, um, or I don't know, maybe I would be the better than I thought, but still didn't enjoy. I don't know. It was fun because I mean I it's had territory a, war, but uh, I, it's okay. Here's what I had the biggest problem with, with was I had full teams, but almost every one of them, the fifth character was undergeared. And yep. when you have an undergeared character on a team, they're either going to die first or bring down the whole team with them. So it, there's a reason we have these characters geared to build our teams because in a lot of cases we don't have someone to fill their spot. And that was my, that's how I went about with most of my defensive teams. Whereas like night sisters, I had, you get there, you take zombie out of there. I had to throw in an Asajj out of there. I had to throw in initiate and, uh, acolyte, which were gear nine and gear eight. My team got smoked, obviously, because, There was nothing to keep them going, you know. It's it's just my biggest problem with it was I didn't have full teams and taking out key characters. Not that, like, the idea of taking characters out, I think, was something interesting. But the the way it it happens is it just totally immobilizes an entire team unless you are at the higher echelons of GP where if you take someone out, you have someone to jump right into their shoes. You know what I mean? So it was just rough. And I once was enough for me. I would like to know how many six dot mods 
that they basically removed from my roster because I wasn't remodding my roster for this. And so <laughs> I'm very curious because I know, you know, just not having um, Han and Revan, I mean, that's 11 mods. I mean, I can't imagine how many I have throughout the rest of the characters. I mean, that makes a big difference when, you know, you're losing characters that have some of your top mods. Trey is another one. She has a lot of pretty top tier mods for me. So that that's the yeah. part that I think I hate more about it than anything is you cause time into modding your teams and then it just all goes to hell, you know. Um, yeah. So. All right. Next question. Did you win your community style territory war? See, I find this crazy. Uh, 56% said yes, they won, and 44% said no, they lost. You would think it would be 50-50, but no. That's kind of that's a joke, <laughs> obviously. But uh, yeah, so most of the people that listened to our show did pretty well. That, that makes me feel good. A good job, guys. We're on the losing side. Yeah. Freaking territory war coordinator. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> we should boot him from the guild or something. What a loser. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, all right. On to question numero tres. What characters did you most miss from the community style territory war? This is another one of those ones that kind of shifted over time. Um, the number one answer with 97 votes was Han Solo. Over time, halfway through the day, Zombie was about... Zombie had about... Uh, let's say Han was around 50 and Zombie was around... 65 votes so zombie was well ahead of han but han definitely overtook her over time and i think that might be because zombie is a hard node character and yeah han is from the first raid so more people have han to be pulling out han would be more detrimental for the most amount of people yep. so i can see why that flipped around but also he's just a really good character not having him with chewbacca is a uh, for sure. That kind of stinks. So well, and he has such no a unique kit in that he always gets to attack first. It doesn't matter how many times the battle goes on. Like especially on defense, that's what I love about Han is fifth battle. Guess what? He's going first. You know it happens every time, and you know losing that out of your losing a character that brings something so special and so unique to your team is just. It's rough. Yeah, so it was Han Solo followed by Night Sister Zombie with 79. And the next highest was Asajj Ventress with 57. Makes sense. Pull out uh, two of the big, better Night Sisters. Going to have a hard time. Yep. Actually, it wasn't Asajj Ventress. It was General Kenobi's with 69. Sorry, I can't even read my own chart. But there's General Kenobi <laughs> was third with 69 makes sense he's a great tank also from the second raid which a lot of people have uh on farm a lot of people have that character he's one of the best tanks in the game taking him out from a jedi team or pretty much any team is gonna be a little rough so the saw's ventress was after general kenobi 
Darth Nihilus breaking apart the Triumvirate. That kind of killed a lot of people's uh, mood with their Sith teams. Uh, other notables here. You had 40 people at 142 say Colonel Stark, which to me was one of the more crippling ones. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, rely on that turn meter gain from a fast Stark to get your troopers rolling. Without that in there, it made it a lot harder to use them. And so, yeah, Colonel Stark was a big one as well. Jedi Knight Revan got 36 votes. Not everyone has him, obviously. Um, Vassal Sean's a decent uh, option after Revan for Jedi team, so it didn't hurt that much. I still not saw a lot of Vassal Sean teams on defense, so there was that. Um, but what other ones in here? Uh, Short Trooper. Not too bad. He didn't really kill. For me on Trooper team, if you take out Short Trooper, I still like Stormtrooper as an option. Great. He doesn't have the auto taunt, but uh, in a pinch, I'll throw in my Stormtrooper, who's geared the same as my Short Trooper, and it'll work out okay. So Short Trooper wasn't too bad for me, but it does pull the Stormtrooper out of an Empire team that I usually use them in. So talking about crippling teams, there you go. Pull one out to put it in another... Lowest there, uh, you got ah- Ahsoka Tano, uh, Jedi Knight Anakin, HK-47, which HK-47 kind of surprised me. I use a droid. I use the droid team on on uh, offense often if I see uh, kind of debilitated teams where one or two characters had already been taken out. Yep. So I always use my droids for that. So seeing him that low with a six, oh, people must not do the same thing as me, but... I went in to use a droid team, and I'm like, there aren't really any other viable uh, options. There aren't really- uh, so, Gerald Grievous, he has no K leader ability. He could be decent against some teams because of the negative crit chance, but yeah, other than that, eh, I don't know. Kind of eh. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, anyone else you wanted to touch on there? No, that's pretty much does it. Ness is on there right in the middle, so didn't seem to affect everyone. Really doesn't cripple a lot of teams, I don't think. It's, she's just kind of one of those utility characters, and uh, yeah, so it's right in the middle. I really didn't mind seeing her gone. Didn't wasn't one I thought about, but yeah. All right, so, so. before we finish the poll, we're going to jump into an update. The uh, the next territory war, which is the one that's in preview now, that if you're listening to may already be over, but if you're listening to this fresh, hot off the press, then uh, you know you, you'll this will be worth listening to. Whatever. All right, It'll wet your whistle. Wet your whistle. <laughs> if you're in exactly. the Twitch stream. So this is kind of cool. The, uh, this is I like this a lot better than removing characters. They buffed a bunch of factions and we're going to kind of run through these and then we'll go from there um we'll just alternate talking about them uh so endless ranks for imperial troopers at the start of battle imperial troopers gain five stacks of endless ranks uh 
When an enemy is defeated, all Imperial troopers gain one stack of endless ranks up to ten stacks. Endless ranks. When an Imperial trooper is defeated, they consume one stack of endless ranks from all Imperial trooper allies, revive with 100% health, 100% protection, reset all their cooldowns, and gain a bonus turn. You basically have... So this is almost like Night Sisters on steroids. So how Zombie keeps bringing people back. Uh, she does it twice. Well, the Imperial Troopers are basically going to do it five times. You basically have to kill five Troopers before you start killing them and they actually die off. It's crazy. And if they're killing you, you're going to have to kill them more. Exactly. Yes. Uh, no so. bueno. This will be pretty cool. And it's interesting. I've seen this mentioned a lot in Discord, now in the chat. It's like this is what Wall of Stormtrooper Wall of Stormtrooper Zeta should be on Stormtrooper. And uh I tend to agree. I yep. think that would be really cool for him. Then that wouldn't be a worthless Zeta. <laughs> and this is gonna be one of those things yet you you're gonna have to be careful how you tackle it because you don't want them to get into a loop where they start stomping you um you know a character like wampa might be really good against these teams when they're on defense because of that aoe days you know if you can get them days the problem is the when they revive they're not going to be debuffed but if everyone else is dazed they won't be calling an assist and things like that which is where you really get in trouble with the troopers so i think days could be the really really important thing against going up against these guys yeah for sure that's definitely an interesting one the next one you probably won't care about i think is pretty interesting army of the galactic republic for clone troopers <coughs> bless you Woo! man that was rough that one hurt i think i pulled a muscle all right army of the galactic Re- republic clone troopers Okay. At the start of battle, clone troopers gain 50% health, 50% protection, 50% offense, and 50%... Bless you! Something in the air. Uh-oh. <laughs> 50% defense for each clone trooper ally. For each clone trooper ally. So that's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, health, protection, offense, and defense. If you're running a full clone team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, clone troopers gain 100% crit chance and 100% crit damage while they have no debuffs. Whew. And when they attack out of turn, clone troopers dispel all debuffs on other clone trooper allies. Dispel all buffs on the target enemy and gain 20% turn meter. So if if you got them modded like you did back in the heroic AAT days for this team where they're going to crit, you're going to be... Doing a lot of assisting using Cody's um, mass assist. You're going to be gaining a lot of turn meter. And you're going to be dispelling a lot of buffs on the characters you're attacking. And debuffs on your characters. Dispelling those debuffs gives you crit chance and crit damage. Pretty much this team will just roll if you have enough crit chance on your characters. Very interesting. That's this lot of extra stuff for these dudes, and they're they already do a pretty big big amount of damage with 
the mass assist. Um, but add all this on top of it, it's going to be ridiculous. So I'm looking forward to seeing this one work. Yeah, and I, I have fives. He's, I think he's gear 12 and a half, basically. And my fives is really good, so I'm kind of excited to maybe use him and Rex together. Uh, I might be able to use Rex fives and Wampa to take out a team that I wouldn't normally be able to take out <laughs> because of, uh, you know, the extra the extra survivability that they have, especially Rex. And fives is great because he attacks out of turn, so I might be able to put some of my weaker clone troopers with them and make a decent team out of that. Yep, I agree. I really like this next one, too. Why don't you tell us about it? It's very simple, by the way. So, Fury of the Forest. This is the Ewoks. And the Ewoks have a cooldown of zero on all abilities. That's it. Just basically every ability is a basic. Like, this is... uh, That's going to be annoying. Let... Now, let me tell you why this makes them a better offense team than defense team. Okay. With this ability. So, Tebow. When you have Tebow on defense in an AI, he will always bring, use Bring Low, which deals unavoidable physical damage to target enemy and dispels all buffs on them. If any buffs are dispelled, remove 30% turn meter. Not a bad ability. But if you look at his first special, this is why I think they'll be better on offense. His first ability, which would have a zero cooldown. Ewok allies gain 100% turn meter and Tebow gains stealth for three turns. Other Ewok allies also have a 30% chance to gain stealth for two turns. So every time... Tebow goes, if you give him a good speed, if you get good speed on Tebow, every time he goes, he's going to give every single person on the team 100% turn meter. Everyone but him, I believe. Allies doesn't include yourself, right? Uh, It depends on if it says allies or all other allies. It says Ewok allies gain 100% turn meter. That should include him then. Well, if it does include him, you've got yourself an infinite loop for offense. Interesting. Which is why I'm saying... And if he if he used this ability first on AI, this would be a ridiculous AI defense team because they would never stop going if they ended up going before you. Or Tebow did. So Interesting. Uh, yeah. I see some it includes himself in the chat. So... If you're going on offense, load this dude up with turn meter so that he's going, or speed so that he goes first, and then watch your infinite turn meter loop go as you take down someone. I like it. And the cool thing about the Ewoks are the mass assist. I mean, they are going to be hell to deal with. And then you got all those other abilities. Like, let's say you want to take them in against a team that has retribution or counters a lot well now you got low gray who can daze every turn if he needs to yep so that they're not coming back at you for all your mini attacks andy walk elder who can cleanse every turn so you know if you land daze on them which is how you prevent them from doing anything 
well, you're not increasing his cooldown at all, or you can't ability block him or anything. So as soon as he gets full turn meter, if he's not already there, he's going to be getting rid of that. So, And according to Californium X in chat, he just did it in Galactic War. He stealths himself and then refills his own turn meter and everyone else's. So it does, a, it does go on to himself as well. Very nasty. That, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Go Bears. I never thought I'd hear you. Go Golden Bears. Don't say Bears. Then we're our NFC North. Uh, oh, oh, it, gross. It twinges. It hurt Ugh. me to hear you, a Packers fan, say that. Uh, my high school mascot was the Bears. That's what I was referring to. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Living in the past. Got it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right, so tell us about these uh, these ruthless scavengers. Salvagers, not scavengers. What the hell? <laughs> I think both work. They're light side, right? Or they're dark side characters, right? <laughs> yes. Ruthless ca- salvagers, Jawas. Jawas have 50% chance to stun the target enemy when they use an ability, which can't be evaded. Jawas gain 20% offense for each stunned enemy. When Jawas attack a stunned enemy, they shock them for two turns and call other Jawa allies to assist. Note, Jawas that are called to assist can call other Jawas to further assist. So, watch as the assists just roll in after you've stunned and shocked all these characters. Yeah, this will be pretty cool. My all gear 10 Jawa team is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Yeah, my Jawas are not great, but it'll be fun to, you know, uh, use them, you know, maybe use them with the droid team or something. You might be able to mix in a Jawa HK team, which people kind of do anyway, but make it a little bit more Jawa-centric and do something kind of interesting with them. Um I'm really curious to see what people actually come up with because I'm sure somebody's going to come up with something really cool out of all of these and that we're just going to be totally surprised by and I cannot wait to see what it is. It's just so funny that it seems like there's a way for infinite assists. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine just watching the Jawas after you do one attack all just keep attacking someone until they're dead oh <laughs> this is gonna be great see this is territory war stuff that i like because this the stuff with mace and general grievous and it, it was just fun but there were still aspects of a normal territory war in there as well some of these teams are just going to be fun to see what happens I, i'm looking forward to it yep i agree that'd be pretty okay. cool there's also one ship uh, ship faction uh, bonus. So what is that? Real quick, I-, I thought of something. I would like to propose a name for the Ewoks. They are the Bearers of Death. The Bearers of Death? I thought they were murder bears. Yes, but I like Bearers of Death. Bearers of death. Yes. Okay, I didn't hear the ers yes, part. Yes, the bearers of death. Bearers yeah. of death. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I got you. All, All right. right. I, I uh, get on board. 
First Order ships, full-blown assault. First Order allies gain advantage for two turns at the start of battle and whenever they are inflicted with a debuff. If they have advantage when they use an ability, First Order allies recover 10% health, 10% protection, and inflict target lock on target enemy for two turns. So, uh, cruise ship is obviously already fantastic. This is going to make it a little bit better. Actually, both of Kylo's ships are really good. Um, so, th this will be kind of fun. I'm curious to see how well this goes. Uh, you know, the uh, Silencer is going to be quite a bit more dangerous because when it has advantage, you know, it gets that cooldown reduction on its special. So, this will be pretty cool. I'm excited. It'll be interesting. I don't, I don't think I have... I don't think I have Kylo's shuttle maxed on my main account yet. I think I just keep going for other hard nodes. Ten shards away, blueprints, whatever they are, getting close. How many? How many first order ships are there? Let's see here. Three. Got Kylo Ren's command shuttle, Tie silencer, first order Tie fighter pilot, special first forces. order Tie fighter, and first order special forces Tie. Is that so that it? makes sense that they'd have something in there? Okay. Yeah, it's those four. Nice, cool. Interesting. I'm looking forward to this. It'll be fun, I think. All right. So moving back to the podcast poll, we had to cover that because the next three questions are about this stuff that we just covered. Question four. Do you have any interest in next territory wars with special bonuses? The overwhelming response and by a long shot. There, there were five possible responses. 57% of all of those responses said, yes, this looks fun. This is polar opposite of what we saw about them removing teams from Paradise. Removing War. characters, yeah. This is something that people seems like it seems like people like. Um the second largest portion of that pie is I'll wait and see, like many of these changes in the past. Which is understandable. There's always going to be a portion of those people. Uh, then we basically have two almost tied around 10%. And one is, I'd rather it be a normal one. And another one that says, no, but it's better than the last Territory War. And then, no, these look bad was a very, very small pro proportion. Uh, only less than 3%. So, uh all in all, it seems like people are way, way more uh, receptive of this idea than the previous one. What do you think? I agree. And I think that part of that is because we've kind of seen it in a way already. You know what I mean? And that went over well. That's so I think true. doing it again on a bigger scale with full teams um, should be interesting and... You, you work with a formula that you already know people liked and uh, yep. make it a little bigger and see what happens. So I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the next question, question number five, which special bonus are you most excited about? Which the, uh, uh, first, before we get into these, which one are you most excited about? I really want to try out the infinite turn meter Ewok team. Granted, all of my e five of me my Ewoks are gear twelve. Scout is eleven. 
and Tebow is gear nine. And he's the he's like the key cog to what I want to try. Yeah. So it's kind of unfortunate there. But if if they can go forever without the other team even taking a turn, it won't really matter. So I think mine's going to be uh, the Ewoks for sure. Uh, with them, you'll have to be careful to not use them against a team that gains turn meter when you attack them. So like uh, Darth Nihilus or something like that. But uh, yeah, that's going to be really cool. Um. I think I'm most excited for the Endless Ranks, which is the Imperial Troopers. And that is also the largest portion of the pie at 52%. Over half people said Imperial Troopers. Which kind of makes sense because I think that pretty much everyone has Imperial Troopers. Imperial Troopers and Ewoks are the two most had factions out of these five. You know, because Imperial Troopers are great for territory battles. And they help you in a lot of ways in the game. And then Ewoks just recently were required for Chewbacca. So that makes sense. The other three, the Clone Troopers, the Jawas, and First Order ships, there's not really a whole lot of use for actually having them on your roster for the most part. So I wasn't terribly surprised about the way this broke down. Yeah, it's funny. Jawas used to be almost required for those crit damage mods. But now that that's been taken off of the mod battle... I don't see people farming them unless they're like the last things that they have left. So there's a lot of people that probably don't even have a full Jawa team to be excited about this. So I'm not surprised on Jawas. Uh, Clone Troopers, for everyone that was around when Heroic AAT came out or was new, I know that a lot of people still have those and have them pretty decently geared. So I was kind of surprised to see that one so small. But Ewoks just required for C-3PO. So a lot of people worked on those. Imperial Troopers have always been required for dark side territory battles, just a good PvP counter team. Uh, so, yeah. Not su- too surprising with the the breakdown here. Here's but. a question for you. Um, what, what droid would it be possible to maybe in the future use Jawas to get like a legendary character? droid that's a good question you would have thought you would have thought the closest you would get to that 3PO would be c3po or, yeah that's... or r2d2 but i don't know because i was just thinking that same thing with imperial troopers like if imperial troopers aren't used for anything right now like you can't yours use is more on... to get r2 though because that's that is empire, true so because they're also empire yep. but i think you're Closer on a faction that no one really cares about with the Jawas being used for something, but I don't see what they would use them for. Imperial Troopers opens up a lot more options as far as like a rebel that you could go after, whether it be Rogue One or, you know, they pretty much span anything after episode three all the way up until... yeah. Um, the end or a few years after uh, episode six. So I don't know. Uh, Crispy said maybe droid Eka. That would be really cool. Not quite the same era, but that would be really cool. I'm willing to, I'm willing to bet that Jawas were around during the first probably (laughs) the time of the first three episodes. We just didn't see them in those movies. So (laughs) yeah. Uh, 
It would be nice if they started, you know, if we saw some of these legendary type events, maybe for, you know, lesser characters or something, because uh, Droid Echo wouldn't be worthy of a legendary, but, you know, that, that would be just kind of a cool change of pace. I agree. So, question six. Now that we've seen two of these fun and playful Territory War rules, are you more open to them or less open to them? Interesting breakdown and, here, too. Yeah, so half of the people said, so 50% said they would prefer these mixed with normal Territory Wars. So, not so much that they don't want them to leave, but they'd like to keep their old ones along with these mixed in. Which I can totally understand. Makes sense. This is what I we proposed uh, when we talked about this either last week or the week before. So I can see this being the big 50% here. Yep. Um, but as far as the breakdown between more open to new territory rules and less open to new territory rules, I'm kind of surprised when we get that to that part. Do you agree? Uh I don't know. Um, it's not terrible. I mean, after surprising. that community style territory wars, it seemed like the world was on fire. But now we're at the point where thirty percent of people are saying they were they're more open to new territory rules, and only twenty percent say that they're less open to them. Well, so. I, I think the thing is, like we saw the stuff with Mace and that sort of stuff that they did, and that was so well received by the community. They've only done the one thing that we thought was bad in general. So I'm not too surprised that people are interested to see what else they can come up with. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see what happens and excited to see actually if these next set of two territory wars after these two have stuff like this going on in them or if they make them normal and then do two more next month that have gimmicks to them. And then two more normal. You know what I mean? Yep. That would be the best way to do it, I think. But we'll see. So, All right. You ready for this next thing? Always ready. Hey, boys. Do you have any tips for us less experienced players? So uh, I got a very big, big tip here. I'm sure you do. Very big tip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Han's Millennium Falcon. It's finally here. The first legendary regular ship because Thrawn's capital ship was, but this is the first regular ship that we've seen as a legendary ship. And uh, there's a lot to talk about. What do you, what do you, Great. what do you think about the kit just in general? What did you think uh, when you I first have- read it? When I first read it, I thought, this looks really fun. And then I thought to myself, how many Rebel ships do I actually use? That's a good question. And how much prestige am I going to have to spend on Home 1? That's that's another great (laughs) question. No kidding. 1,900 prestige. A little bit more than that, actually. To to max. Max out a capital ship. Now, granted, mine's already got some prestige on them already, so it's not going to be that much, but... These are things that I thought about when I saw this because, yeah, well, 
X X uh, Executrix and Chimera. A lot of people have maxed Home One. Not everyone did. Uh, yeah. Myself, I have Chimera maxed, and Home One was my second one. So Home One doesn't need a whole lot to finish off. So that'll be fine. But yeah, those are some of my main thoughts when I read his kit. But if you got the rebels to do it, I I think this kit looks awesome. Absolutely. So, so why don't we just dive into it? Unit name: Hans Millennium Falcon. Alignment: Light. Categories: Rebel, Scoundrel, Attacker, and Cargo Ship. Crew: Han Solo, Chewbacca. Not an easy crew to acquire in this game. This is a highly modified rebel attacker that specializes in assists and shows up at just the right time. Interesting to... Oh, man. Goldfish memory. Uh-oh. I was listening to you and trying to keep my thought. Lost it. It's out there somewhere. Yeah. Who knows? You need a tractor beam. Help pull it back in. No, bring it back in. <laughs> I'm just going to put magnets in my hat. All right. Well, you can inter- interrupt me if it comes back to you, but I am going to read off the basic ability, which is special modifications. Final text. Deal physical damage target enemy and call another random ally rebel to assist. Inflict target lock for two turns on a critical hit. If the allied capital ship is a rebel... Dispel all buffs on target enemy. So. So to get that last bit, you have to have capital. Capital. Home one as your capital ship. You do. Because that is the only rebel ship or capital right now. Yep. And that's obviously big because as we get into more of the kit, we'll kind of talk about synergy and stuff. But I mean, a basic ability that can dispel... And, you know, Admiral Akbar, he has that AOE where he calls in guys to assist. I mean, that that is going to be awesome. Um, that's what I love so much about Fives is that he has that dispel on basic. If the enemy's target locked, well, this all you need is a rebel capital ship. And it, you know, dispels every time. It's so awesome. Yes. It's also nice if you are using Fives that he has that target lock on a critical hit on his basic because he can get those out quick yeah especially and then also you can see it in the picture up on the live stream which is the one from the character strategy page on the forums but he's shooting houndstooth in the in the gif there gif gif we don't want to have that conversation (laughs) but (laughs) um that dispel on basic, if you have home one on there, is especially helpful for the uh, houndstooth. That's a good point. It's too. not just one. It's not just one buff. It's all buffs. So yep. Also helpful for a slave one reinforcement if that comes in flying in with its retribution and taunt. Get rid of that quick. It's also helpful against a mace capital ship when they get all those stupid buffs. Mm-hmm. It's just a good ability for a basic. It really is. Cause not because you got an assist, you got target lock, you got the dispel if you have home one. It's just it does a lot and uh 
Yeah. Well, it's pretty pretty dang good. Remember how that basic makes you feel and how good it is? Because we're going to be talking about it again here in a minute. But first, (laughs) special one. This is the one associated with Han Solo's gear level. Watch this. Three-turn cooldown. Final text. The Falcon dispels all debuffs from itself, recovers 50% health, 50% protection, and gains the outmaneuver unique ability for three turns, which cannot be copied. Additionally, it gains 35% turn meter for each rebel ally and empire enemy. Outmaneuver. Plus 25% evasion and can't be targeted while other allies are present. It's almost like an inverse taunt. Dispels all debuffs. Yeah, it's basically it's just like, you can't hit me. It's like a version of stealth. That uh, It's like a different version of stealth, basically. Yes, and in fact, if you have a stealth ally with the Falcon, the stealth ally will get targeted before the Falcon can. So it overrides, it, it is more stealthy than stealth, which is super cool. Yep. Alright, special two. This is Chewbacca's. Punch it. Four turn cooldown. Final text. Deal physical damage to all enemies and grant all allies defense penetration up for two turns. This attack deals 25% more damage for each dark side and each empire enemy. So, uh, yeah. If you are still running all those old TIE fighters, this will be... This may do a pretty good job taking those out. But the defense penetration up is super interesting, especially whenever you're attacking stupid, annoying ships like Houndstooth. So I am very excited uh, about having defense penetration up on ships. Quite useful. There are a lot of dark side ships in Fleet Arena right now. So that's that's a nice little jump for your damage on this ability. It is for sure, especially if people, especially if you've got a, a large chunk of bounty hunters right now. Yep. And even if not, you're going into tie advance your tie fighters. Just there's always been a large group of dark side in fleet arena, so that yep. extra damage is going to go places if people don't have. If the other team is not a Millennium Falcon team and not running all light side, this is going to help you even more on that side. Indeed. All right. So, so the unique ability, she may not look like much. Uh, oh, she does look like much. She's a MILF. Um, what a piece of junk. Exactly. What a piece <laughs> of junk. All right, so... All allies gain 10% critical chance doubled for rebel allies. The Falcon has a 50% chance to assist whenever another rebel ally uses an ability during their turn. Whenever any, or sorry, whenever an ally reinforces the Falcon, grants them accuracy up for two turns. If that ally is a rebel, they also gain crit damage up for two turns. Additionally, when another rebel ally is inflicted with three or more different debuffs, the Falcon dispels and debuffs all of them. There's a lot going on here. I mean, so you have you have the cleanse, you have spreading buffs, multiple buffs, buffs that are really important like accuracy up. 
Because there's nothing like having your ship come in and then just freaking miss against TIE Fighter Pilot. Uh, so you have all that going on for you. The extra crit chance doubled for Rebel Allies. Really important for uh, Biggs. Since, uh, you know, he has like the target lock synergy on crit. Which gives him taunt. That sort of stuff. I really, really like this ability a lot. I think it really caters to what the other Rebel ships do quite well. What do you think? I, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, but I'm going to reinforce it, is the fact that 50% chance to assist on a rebel using their ability during their turn is just another way for him to go out under home one and dispel. Yep. So indeed, if he's not doing it during his turn, there's a 50% chance during other rebel turns that he's going to do what you want him to do. So, yep. Pretty crazy. Indeed. Uh Yeah, that the the assist is just it's unbelievable. That is a crazy awesome ability. It really takes this ship to another level cuz it's great whenever you know, uh like the Admiral Akbar AoE, there's a good chance Falcon gets called in. Well, Falcon gets called in, uses a basic, calls in a rebel ally. So you're getting even more attacks out of it. Uh, just awesome ability. Love it. All right. Final one is reinforcement. Yahoo! That's the name of it. <laughs> final text. Grant all other allies foresight for two turns and call all rebel allies to assist. Additionally, reduce the cooldowns of the allied rebel capital ship by one for all abilities except call reinforcement. This is kind of interesting. So, the cooldown reduction. The problem is uh, Akbar's ultimate isn't overly powerful, but this calling him as reinforcement should help you uh, get your ultimate off before a Thrawn would. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of strategy to use him using the Falcon as a reinforcement. Uh, you cannot, You have the big mass assist, which can be good against Houndstooth or other tanky ships. And then the uh, cooldown reductions, just pretty pretty damn awesome, to be perfectly honest. Have you played with him today? Oh, yes, absolutely. So, question asked in chat, and I'm looking at the wording of these abilities. If someone calls, if someone uses an ability on their turn... With a fifty percent chance to call him, and he they call him. Does he call when he attacks? Does he call another rebel to attack with him? Yes. Do they, that other rebel then have a fifty percent chance to call him again? Uh, no, because the during their turn part, the rebel ally has to use an ability during. Oh their yes, turn. There it does. Okay, that's the wording I was looking for in his basic. But it's right there in the, uh, yeah. It's right there in the special. So basically, if he's called to, it can assist, be an you're getting loop. three. Three. It, you said it can. Can't. I didn't hear the T. Cannot. Okay, yeah. there it is. Yeah. So basically, if he gets called to assist, it's l- really three attacks. Indeed. Yeah, it is. Gotcha. So awesome. Just it is really really fantastic. Um, you know, and he is such a good addition to. You know, a damage team because of that crit chance and oh man, it's just 
it is. It's awesome. It is super awesome. Really like this ship. Um, all in all, I am super impressed. I love it. I think the kit's ridiculous. There's a lot of synergy. Um, they did not disappoint with the Falcon. What do you think overall? For a legendary ship, I think this kit is uh, perfect. I mean, I don't think... I mean, I haven't fought it yet, and I probably won't <laughs> where I sit. So, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's too overpowered. Especially since, like I said, not a lot of people are using rebel ships or a huge full fleet of them. So, people might not even have those ships ready yet. But as far as it goes, I think it's pretty good. And I don't um, think that it's like going to kill everyone if they don't. Okay, let me take that back. If you don't have it, I still think that there are going to be teams that will work. But I think you'll have a much harder time. Currently in my top 11, there are only two ships that don't have the Falcon. Or two fleets that don't have the Falcon. So, Admiral Akbar is already taking over the meta in my arena shard, um, which should not surprise anyone. Well, let me look at mine and tell you if I see the same thing. Because I don't even know what's going on at the top of mine. But the game's got to load. Never mind. I'm not worried about it. So what, let's move on to the next part I had here, but that's Rebel Fleet Building. Okay. So as far as Rebel ships go, besides the Millennium Falcon, you have Biggs X-Wing, Wedge's X-Wing, Baston's U-Wing, Cassian's U-Wing, Ghost the Phantom, or sorry, Ghost and Phantom 2. Am I missing one there? Seems like I... Did you get Phantom 1? Is there a Phantom 1? There's a Phantom what are you talking 2. About? I mean, why wouldn't there be a first one? Three, four, five. That was a joke. Um, all right, so... Yeah, I wrote that in there twice. Whoopsie. You, you did. <laughs> uh, so, I think the best option is probably Ghost. I think this is what was uh, suggested to us was, you know, the home one ship with the Millennium Falcon, Ghost... Houndstooth, um, and then you kind of have a wide variety of options for reinforcements. Um, Ghost does seem to be really good. The teams I've fought, those seem like they're probably the best teams. Uh, I may end up changing my team a little bit and bring in Houndstooth off reinforcements. Um, just I, I know it's good, but you know, I, I, I just think it might be a little bit better there. And maybe start with Bastan Wing and Biggs X-Wing because, you know, Biggs has the target lock on crits and calling in the assist. And if you call in the Falcon to assist, it's great. Um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, if you can't do Houndstooth Ghost, I think that uh, Bastan and Biggs could be extremely good. Um, I haven't experimented much with the two of them together. I've been using Houndstooth in there. Uh, it seems to be pretty effective. I'm not disappointed, but I do think there's probably something better. So I'm looking through the fleet meta for today off of Swaga.gg. There are two Akbar teams 
with over 1%. So with 3% of the meta for number rank one squads is Akbar lead. So a home one, Houndstooth, Millennium Falcon, Biggs, Darklighter, X-Wing. So you mentioned that one. And then as well, the other one is Home One, Ghost, Millennium Falcon, and Houndstooth, which is the other one you mentioned. And that is 8% with 1,014 rank ones, which is only about 200 less than the usual Chimera, Houndstooth, um, Imperial TIE Fighter, and TIE Advanced. So it is creeping in there quick. In just not even 24 hours, it's already up there in the top of the fleet meta with a ghost Millennium Falcon Houndstooth team. Now, the one thing I don't like as much about this meta report on Swaga is you can't you obviously can't see the what the reinforcements are for each of these teams, but as far as starters go, the two teams right now are looking like the obviously Millennium Falcon with Houndstooth and the throw in Biggs Darklighter or Ghost for your starters. You missed all of that, so I'll tell you again. I caught a lot of it. Okay, good. Yeah, so the the ghost one is right up there with the normal meta right now after less than 24 hours. It's crazy. Ghost, Houndstooth, Millennium Falcon, home one. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong. I mean, Houndstooth is such a good ship, it's hard to kill. Even with mass assist, you have to be doing a crap ton of damage to take it out uh, just because of the stacking protection every time you attack it. Um, I mean... The Falcon does kind of, I mean, it does certainly help melt through it, but who else you have kind of does matter. Um, I think Biggs is great. Uh, I mean, you can, there's really any way you can go. I think the, I think the big takeaways are, is you don't want Cassian as a starter. The stands fine as a starter. Biggs fine as a starter. Ghost fine as a starter. Phantom 2, you want coming off the bench, I think. Wedge, you want coming off the bench. He's too squishy. Um, you know, that that kind of gives you at least a decent starting point for how, how to put this team together if, you know, you're getting the Falcon. Makes sense. So, yeah, I'd like... I don't know how close to that I am if I were to get Millennium Falcon. But, yeah. And I think... uh, Interesting idea. I I think Ghost is probably going to be the best option for most people. But Sanju Wing, he needs a ton of gear. Scarecrow Pathfinder has to be gear 11 for it to work because you have to max that ability. uh, Because that's where he gets his speed from. Um, So... I I I do I love that ship, but I think for most people you're gonna be better off going with Ghost. Plus a lot of people are gonna have Phoenix ready to go. So Ghost and Phantom 2 are obviously gonna be excellent options. The cool thing about Phantom 2 is it's such a great attacker, but whenever it comes in, Millennium Falcon's going to give it the crit damage up. 
So it's a really good way, you know, using that as reinforcement as uh, good way to take out some tanky ships because it's going to do a crap ton of damage on that first attack. And then you immediately get to call in, not immediately, but on your next capital ships next turn, you get to call in another reinforcement with Phantom 2. So that is going to be super awesome. I'm digging it. Yeah, something I love, a combo that I've been using that's working pretty good is I've always used Phantom 2 as my first reinforcement just to get two of them out there quickly. But I do like using Phantom 2 into fives by using that ability that throws out two turn lo- two target locks mm-hmm. when I bring out Phantom and to bring out the uh, fives next turn for the big AoE. Yep. Can really set you up. But the, I do the same thing. Phantom 2, since it is Rebel, makes it even better as that first reinforcement. And if I'm looking at the rank one reinforcements, besides TIE Advanced 1, which takes 54% of the meta. Wow. Phantom 2 is right there with 46% of the meta as a reinforcement. So I'm guessing most people use that as their first. Yeah. If not, tie advance. So I like it. Makes it. sense to me. Not not a bad idea. Um, this, yeah, uh, the best thing about the Falcon is it takes care of the mace issue. Um when you have that dispel on the basic, it really makes it difficult for those mace teams to really do anything because they're uh, keeping Valor up on them is so important. Whenever you're able to dispel that frequently, they just they don't have quite the same luster that um, you know they had before the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense. Yeah, I it's a great ship great pilots i mean it's one of those ships if you've got the pilots you should max them out because you will never regret having them together and now it's i mean it's the best ship in the game in my opinion um i i don't know that anyone would disagree i don't know why you would disagree i don't even know what an argument would be for the next best uh it's it's great i think chimera chimera is awfully good but (laughs) <laughs> I'll take my Falcon. Um, it does kind of need the Rebel Capital ship. Uh, th- that part is pretty important to it, I think. So, th- that- and some Rebel allies. And some Rebel allies, yes. Um, it is the- it is kind of codependent on some other things yes. to be as at its best. I don't think it's a bad ship without Rebel allies, but you lose two-thirds of what it does on its basic without those rebels along with other the other moves it has so yep yeah agreed uh so it'll be fun to revisit this next week because i'm sure things will change we'll get to experiment a little bit more um have you decided if you're gonna go for the unlock um i didn't have time today to do it but i think i'm going to try for the unlock because you're close so, enough with what you were talking about, you would almost be guaranteed the unlock. Um, I mean, it would. Yeah. Be... So if I got the, if I bought the pack that gave you all the shards for the ship, um, I would be halfway to five star on both Xanadu and um. This goes for most people. IG if 2000. you have a decent, if you have Houndstooth already. At um, 
at least five, five star. star. Yep. Yeah. This goes for everyone. If you buy that pack, you'll already be halfway with Xanadu and um, IG2000 to the five star. Um, and you can probably at that point farm them if you did it early, like tonight or tomorrow, mm-hmm. to get that five star unlocked. Um, so I think that I'm going to do that and see if I can just get the five star unlock. And that will be really important for the guild in Territory War. I'm excited about this next Territory War. See how many Falcons we've got because, I mean, you're you're going to be seeing these on defense. They're, they're nasty. They're hard to deal with. Countering is going to be... You're going to find a way to counter. Um, I honestly think Cassian's U-Wing, as good as it is with the Falcon, is going to be a really good counter to the Falcon because dispelling the buffs and getting the opportunity to actually attack the ship is going to be super important. Um, so I'm looking through our, um, I'm looking through our guild chat here. And I noticed that you unlocked, you got Lando and young Lando, young Lando's millennium Falcon and young Lando to seven started. Anna. I did. You mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I finished, I finished them this week. That was the other thing I was trying to think of. Um, I've had... Well, I finished Lando a while back, but I was kind of behind on the ship, so I just finally got it finished. So I'm trying to work up building a second fleet, like a second super strong fleet. Um, so that'll be nice. And I'll tell you this much. I love that first... I love young, I love young Lando's Millennium Falcon. It is, I love that thing. It's... I hate going against that ship when it comes in as a reinforcement. It's awful. It just it wrecks face, man. It is so good. Um, but I was look. What I was looking for was how many in our chat right now had unlocked Millennium Falcon, and it looks like this goes back about uh, twenty hours, twenty three hours. So it goes back twenty four hours, and I only see three in there so far for seven stars. Doesn't show you five star unlocks, but as far as seven stars goes, looks like three right now. Mine is only six stars, so yeah. Um, Doesn't give you an accurate portrayal of how many unlocked it. Yeah, but three seven stars so far. I was that's how I saw the that's how I saw your Lando because I was like, ah. wait, he just I thought he said he was getting seven star Falcon, you know, later this weekend. And then I realized it was young Landos. Yep. So one interesting thing is with you basically having to use an Admiral Akbar ship with it is the fact that that frees up Thrawn. So that's going to give you Thrawn for defense. And if you can go with kind of a tanky uh, team to where you can survive until you get that ultimate off, you can do some pretty good damage and, you know, take out some of these falcon teams but the problem is probably going to be sticking around because they do man they while they're out there they will stop some serious ass and you got to watch out because they do the, that falcon does a lot of damage really fast so uh be careful yeah, the biggest problem for me is that if everyone's setting a thrawn houndstooth tie fighter advance or tie fighter uh defense to use their Han, Millennium Falcon, Biggs, Ghost, Home One on offense, is that you're both going to be doing the same thing and everyone's just going to kill each other. 
So that's a good point. somewhere in here, something's got to some kind of theory craft for territory war or Grand Arena's got to switch around so that you're not doing the same things that are just See, ending it. You know so what I mean? That's the one thing that I hate about ships versus characters is characters. You can kind of build your team. You can build it different. Like my first order team, for example, is built quite a bit different than I think most people would tell you, you should mod them. Um, well, like even just for example, just to use something we talked about earlier in the show, your rebel team completely different than my rebel team under CLS. Yes, another you know, excellent. You example. can you yeah. can switch it around. You can do what you want with characters. As far as ships go, synergy wise, since there's not so many, it's hard to kind of be different. It's all kind of cookie cutter. So, in order to trip someone up, you really gotta figure out something that no one else has done. And once you do it once, then everybody knows it and then they're going to be doing it. And since there's so few options with ships, the odds are that everyone's probably going to be doing the same thing. So yeah, that's, that's the biggest problem there, but yeah, I think it would be really cool if they would give us like a ship add on of some sort, whether it's like, uh, you know, an enhanced deflector shield or, uh, upgraded weapons or something like that to where you could kind of take a ship and make it either more defensive or more attack or something like that just so that there could be a little bit of change up in strategy you know maybe maybe you want the bonus deflector shield on the falcon so it stays around longer or something like that I, I so they need something ships like 2.0 hasn't been out that long that's true so most people should remember the little spot on the ship screen yep. for hardware that's not there anymore. Yep. That became reinforcement <laughs> abilities. Became reinforcement abilities. For the longest time, though, we thought it was going to be some kind of modding system for ships to make them different than other people's. Yep. Because this ship arena suffers from the same type of thing as arena did before... Um, before mods came out. The only way to make your ships faster than other ships is to have more gear on the characters that pilot them. Back when Arena had no mods, the best way to outbeat your opponent was to have them outgeared. Yeah. So unless something changes for ships, it's just going to be really hard to make any type of difference between yours and other people's um, teams besides just gear. Yep. And eventually... People are going to have these teams geared and just be mirrored. 100%. And, so. you know, mods, six-stop mods make such a big difference on ships. It's important to try to use ships that you, you're you able to put those six-stop mods on. So, like, I mean, my that's why I've been using crew in my fleet arena because he has all six-stop mods. He's maxed. He's... He's awesome. So, yeah, that makes his ship way better. And, you know, it's like Biggs, Bistan, Scarecrow, Pathfinder. It's hard to find the incentive to put too much effort into those characters just because, yeah, I mean, I'm only using their ship for the most part. I mean, you don't get that big, huge return on investment like you do with Crew or, you know, some other character. So... 
You know what I should really do? This is just a random thought. What? I should go back and look at some of those other pilots that are original characters and see just how hard it is to actually get them to, like, gear 10, 11. Like, for example, Jedi Consular. Yeah. For his ship. How hard is it really, since he was an original character, to get him geared up? Just to have an extra ship for extra fleets to attack with. That's a good point. You know what I mean? And that, you know, that ship has a pretty good ability anyway. You know, the reinforcement's quite Mm -hmm. good. It heals. Like, it's a pretty good ship. Uh, That's a really good point. I do like that idea. Um, I mean, like, Plo Koon's an original character. People like his ship. I don't know how hard he is to gear. You know, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, maybe not a lot, but there's some of them. Yeah, there's a lot of underused ships that I think might start getting a little bit more usage going forward, you know, from this point. Um, And like I said, that's a great part about Falcon is I have absolutely zero reservations about throwing six-stop mods on the pilots. Uh, The other thing that I noticed that was from this Millennium Falcon event was the Y-Wing and the B-Wing. When the hell are we going to get them? Uh, I, you know, <laughs> that's something I mentioned back in the update was that uh, a that the devastator said right in the event that this is for this event. You're probably not going to see it. But the other part was that, hey, here's a B wing. Here's a Y wing. You know, I'm like, if these things are now we're now fighting against them. I, I, I can't tell you. I growing up, the Y wing was my favorite ship. Yep. over the x-wing and i don't know what which was what was your favorite ship from star wars growing up i think i leaned t- towards x-wing but there were a lot of ships i like the tie interceptors awesome looking the tie bombers are super cool as well uh ooh, yeah i'm telling you dude this is one of my favorite it's, lego sets that i own it's cool this badass fucking <laughs> badass y-wing that'll put the e on the podcast for this week but yeah nice. this thing i love the y-wing i want one of those so bad in the game so i feel like some of these characters you could probably dig through and just put them in a sh- like what would there be a problem with maybe putting let's see uh Who's a character that might pilot a ship? I mean, Lando. Lando Calrissian, regular Lando. He don't have a ship. Put him in a put him in a Y wing. Like you could do that. Like, does that have to be like actually happened in the movie? Like, Lando could pilot a Y wing, so give him a Y wing. I don't know. It would just, you know, yeah. I don't know. What did Bodhi Rook fly in Rogue One before he defected? No idea. A freighter? Was he a freighter pilot? Maybe. I think he was. But he's not a pilot. He's a character no one uses. He should be in something. He's a pilot. Yeah. They need to do something about that. That would actually give a use for Bodhi. You know what I mean? There you go. And he'd be a rebel, you know. So. Uh... Californium said that Hera flew a B-Wing. Unfortunately, she's already got another ship, so that kind of stinks. There's so many options. 
as far as pilots that you could put in different ships. I don't know if they would ever allow that where you you kind of had to pick a ship and then put the pilot in it, and then you could only use, you know, say if Biggs could fly a Y-Wing and his X-Wing, you know, you'd have to pick one. You wouldn't be able to put them both in or something like that. That would be pretty cool. Here's an idea, because they've they've shackled themselves to this having a pi- needing a pilot have. with a ship. Yes. In the event, Rebel Pilot 1, Rebel Pilot 2, that's what they're called on these ships. Totally fine with just it. Make, just make a Rebel Pilot Bringus. and give him two abilities. Make him okay, not great. Yep. And then give those random B-Wing, Y-Wing ships out and... Make the ship the priority, not the character, even though the character can be used, and and add those to the game. You know what I mean? Yep. Totally I don't agree. care who the character is you're putting in it, but if you've got the ship and it's decent, you're going to gear the character anyway. Yeah. Because you have to have a pilot. So, And then put them in a shop. Give me something to farm out of a shop, a crappy character that's going to be able to fa- fly a ship that I actually want. Yep. 100%. Like... Get on it, CG. That would be awesome. I mean, you there's money to be made on these ships. People love these ships. These are classic, iconic ships that were in the first Star Wars movie. Like, come on! <laughs> I like this cyberpunk in chat. Cad Bane is an invalid bounty hunter to hunt down Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Cad Bane existed in Clone Wars era, not after the Battle of Yavin. Yes, that is true. Interesting. Nice more more fuel for the three that we wanted and saw last week before it moved to four. <laughs> but the thing about legendary events is it's faction and not uh, specific ships. So that is true. That's why it's in there. So pretty funny though. All right, you ready to wrap up this podcast with our last thing? I am always ready. It's time for the sexy bearded duo to battle in their swoga knowledge in the most exciting trivia event in the Outer Rim. It's time for the Shattered Order Trivia. May the Force be with you. Man, I tell you what, I am a human yawn fest over here. Dude, you, like, out of control every week. I, like, do you do it during the day? Like... Here, you just seem like the type of person that would just be yawning all the time dude, for no reason. Here lately, yes. Generally, no. <laughs> um, this is off-topic question. Yeah. What is your average sleep per night number? I would probably say six and a half hours. I, I don't do well on much less than that. I, I shoot for six and a half hours. That's my goal. I say mine is probably five and a half to six. So, I mean, like, I thought you might be somewhere in there. And so I'm like, man, I, I, I need to up my yawn game. Because nice. I never sleep. Yeah. And I wear, work nights and everything. It's I'm always tired. But I, I don't know what's wrong with my body that it does not produce the same amount of yawns as you. Yeah. Well, my, my <laughs> friends always make fun of me because, like, 10 o'clock hits and it's bedtime. I'm one of those people. Um, I usually stay up. I usually try to stay up later than that. I mean, I could 
Like, I can sleep eight hours, you know, but, uh, I'm not one of those person, one of those people that, uh, you know, passes out at 10 and wakes up at 9 the next morning or some crap. <laughs> 11 hours of sleep a night. Yeah, I don't know how people do that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so Shattered Order Trivia this week is about, you guessed it, the Millennium Falcon. All right? Ooh. I don't know if it's just about the new one or if all of the Millennium Falcons will find out but it is about the Millennium Falcon so that is what we're going with tonight now if you have your handy dandy Kahoot app ready I have a code just for you so if you are playing along while you watch the live stream or while you're driving your car in traffic Please don't do that. That's a joke. Yeah, don't. <laughs> dangerous. But, super dangerous. But you, we know you all live on the edge, so. Your pin is 0244934. That, once again, is 0244934. Now, give me two seconds to input this into multiple devices, and then we'll be ready to go. Awesome. I think I love ship music more than ships. It's so good. <laughs> it is. It's just, it's amazing. It really, really is. It's so fitting this week too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right, you about ready for question number one? I'm ready. Are you ready? That's, That's the question. Let's do this. All right, so question one. I'll read it off, and then I'll give the answers, and then I'll say go. Okay. Question one is... Congrats to all who got the Falcon. She only dispels on her basic if the Allied capital ship is a rebel... On a critical hit, she has advantage, or the enemy is dark side. Go. All right, All right I got my answer. How about you? I got my answer. I selected you say the correct answer, which is the Allied capital ship is a rebel. I as well answered that. Very nice. How many points did you get? 986. I got 996. Weird. I'm up by 10. All right, wow. next question. Amazing. All right, next question. Question number two. <laughs> question number two is, which of these requires an Omega? 50% chance to assist other rebels during their turn. 100% chance to call assist on basic... More damage per Empire Dark Side enemy on the AoE. And go. Only three answers here, so if you're randomly guessing, you have a little bit better chance than normal. What did. Didn't help. Didn't help. What did you select? <laughs> I select more damage per Empire Dark Side enemy on their AoE. Ooh. The correct answer and the answer that I selected was 100% chance to call assist on basic. 
Uh, if I recall correctly, the Omega ability adds 50%. Uh, prior to that, it is only a 50% chance to call in the system on basic. That makes sense. And it makes sense that you would know that since you're using the ship. I, however, am not using ah. it. And the only, to me, more damage per Empire Darkseid enemy on the AoE seemed like one of those add-ons for an Omega. Yeah. Like a little extra sentence that you would use with an Omega. I don't know. Oh, well. What is question number Dang three? It. Question number three is, when another rebel ally is inflicted with blank, the falcon display is, dispels blank. Three or more debuffs, all debuffs on them. Three or more different debuffs, three types of debuffs on them. Three or more debuffs, all debuffs on rebel allies. Three or more different debuffs, all debuffs on them. And go. That is really confusing. So, uh, pretty much they all have, it's either three or more debuffs or three or more different debuffs. That seems to be one important part. And then it's whether it's, uh, all debuffs on them or all debuffs on rebel allies. Interesting. <laughs> Make sure you read your answers and then you, you have a pretty good chance here. Yes. What did you select? I selected three or more different debuffs and it dispels all debuffs on them. I selected the same thing. That is the correct answer. Well done. All right. We're rolling. Question four. Chewie's AoE deals bonus damage for each Empire and Dark Side enemy, each Empire or Dark Side enemy, each Empire and Sith enemy, or each Empire or Sith enemy. Go. Stupid. I selected the wrong one. And I knew it wasn't the right one. I picked it because it was there and it just... I don't... Did you pick the or? Yes. <laughs> Gotcha. I knew that wasn't it. I don't know what I was... I could have sworn that it only said dark side. But that wasn't an option, so luckily I didn't get it wrong. Yeah, it's dark side and empire. Hmm. Not that I don't believe. I'm just going to check. Because... I don't believe. I, from what I remember reading. Alright, so Chewie's ability... Let's see here. It is dark side and empire. Okay, well, I only remember the dark side. And we just went over it. Beautiful. Alright. Unbelievable. That was stupid. Unbelievable. Alright. Question... This guy? What are we on? Five? Question five. Han grants all allies all of the following except... Foresight when Millennium Falcon reinforces, crit damage up, 100% crit chance, and accuracy up when allies reinforce. And go. And what did you select, sir? Crit damage up. I selected the same thing as the correct answer. Had to think about this one a little bit because it grants all of these. It's just what allies it grants to and how it grants them is the important part you have to think through. It only grants... 
It grants 100% crit damage. It doesn't do crit damage up, correct? No, it does do crit damage up, but it's only to rebel allies who are reinforced. Uh, it gives accuracy up to any ally. It gives foresight up to all allies and 10% crit chance to all allies doubled for rebels. Well, my reasoning for my pick was still still got me the right answer. That is true. That's so all that matters. That's good. <laughs> all right. Question right, next numero question. six. If Hans Falcon reinforces under home one, Home One's ultimate effectively has a cooldown of four, five, three, or huh? This is a great question. Uh... And go. So the thing here is knowing the fact that Millennium Falcon being reinforced reduces the cooldown of the ult, or actually reduces all cooldowns besides reinforcements of the capital ship by one. So really, you just need to know what the original cooldown is on Home One's ultimate ability. You subtract one, and bam, you got your answer. What did you select? I guessed. And you were? Four. You are correct. Well <laughs> yes. done. Thank goodness. Kept the streak alive yep. on a guess. I got the same thing. Granted, the last one was not technically a guess. An educated guess, but still right. Fair. Fair. All right. What is question number seven? Question number seven is, which Falcon cannot inflict target lock? None of the above. Raise Lando's Hans. Which Falcon cannot inflict target lock? Craziness. I don't like this question. I don't either. I can eliminate... I can eliminate one. Uh. The streak is over. Oh, thank God. Uh, I don't know. Which Falcon cannot inflict target lock? It's Hans. I believe you. Ah, <laughs> oh, I got it wrong. I selected Lando's. That is the answer I selected as well. And the I can't remember. I can't remember target lock from him, but I guess he does. I can't either. I don't know his kit very well though, so uh, the answer was none of the above. Okay, moving on. Now that we've both missed that one. Alright. Which which Falcon gains stacking damage when attacked? And go. Ooh, stacking damage when attacked. Interesting. Lando's, Hans, Ray's, or none of the above. <laughs> and I hate this. <laughs> oh, I hate it. What, All right. what did I'm you gonna, select? I guess I haven't hit it yet, oh. uh, but I'm do I want to do it? I will give you a have hint. Have you answered? I have, and I got it correct. I'm selecting between none of the above and Lando's. Okay. And it doesn't matter. It did not matter. Either one of them. <laughs> the correct answer was Ray's Falcon. Boo. 
That I'm pretty sure that secured you the win right there. I hope so. I hope so. But we'll see on the next question. All right, let's do it. Final question. Which falcon can grant itself defense penetration? Han and Ray's, Lando and Han's, all of them, or Han's? I wasn't sure about this one. I kind of took a guess. Now you definitely because, um, And I picked my answer on something that you said earlier in the show. Oh, wow. What did you select? I selected Hans because you said earlier, I'm glad to see defense penetration come to ships, which to me meant it wasn't in ships. Uh, <laughs> I set you up. Yes. You did. Uh, you are the reason you won this one. Very nice. Beyond that normally is... being the reason you won one. All right. <laughs> so I got 1,070 points for that one. We'll see if that ended up being the difference. What was your final score? My final score was 54.86. It did not matter. I was 72.32. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So Lando's Falcon also does defense penetration. Oh. Uh. That I did remember, actually, from reading the kit earlier, so, yeah. Unfortunately for you, Fyrus has already beaten you. Oh, bummer. With a score of 83-86. Wow, nice <laughs> job. Nice job. But you're still in second. That's all right. Gonna... I'll take it, I suppose. I suppose I'll yeah. take it. Alright, well, I think that wraps up episode 132 of the Shadow Over Podcast. I hope you guys had fun, enjoyed all the Falcon talk and my modding tangents and all that sort of nonsense that we discussed. Uh, yeah. Anything else you've got to say to all the lovely people listening? No. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. We are really happy to have all you guys here on the live stream. All of you that listen to the audio podcast while you're on your car, while you're doing work around your house on a Saturday, whether you're at work with your headphones in, sitting in your cubicle, whatever, blaring it at your construction site. I don't care what you're doing. We appreciate each and every person that listens to the show. 100%. Without you, it would be pointless to do it. So, Thank you for listening. Thanks for all your feedback throughout the week. We love you. You help mold what this show is, what we do, what we talk about. So uh, if you want to be a part of that even more so than you are the way you are doing it now, join our Discord, discord.me slash Shattered Order. A lot of stuff goes on there, and we would appreciate having you there. So as far as that goes, there's a lot of stuff going on this week. Uh, enjoy your grand arenas. Uh, farm those bounty hunters' ships. See if you can get your Millennium Falcon. Do whatever you got to do this week to have a good time. And we will all talk about it on episode 133. Sounds good. Later. Later. You've just finished with the Shattered Order podcast. Join us next week for another round.